0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 of the Moderately Athletic Podcast. I am your host, Sam Wantuck, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Tyler Noctical and Ethan Decker. Fellas, how are we doing on this uh, sort of rainy evening?
1: Uh, you know, I'm good. I was planning on driving home tonight, but the rain stopped me, so I'm back uh, in the hometown recording this episode quick, and, you know, I'm excited to talk about it, but I... I do like rainy nights like this, especially when like you turn all the lights off. You can kind of just sit there and listen to it. It's a guilty pleasure of mine, I guess.
0: I also really enjoy it, Deck. Are you a fan of the rainy evenings?
2: I I am, and and rainy nights are perfect for a cold one. So, you know, <laughs> I feel like I feel I feel like a cold one has to be cracked between all three of us tonight. Now this isn't a sponsorship. I mean, I got a cold one.
1: This isn't a sponsorship though. So we're not
2: sponsoring, but if but if Bud Light is listening. Please.
0: <laughs> well, because I was going to say, we're not going to name the beer we're having. Yeah. Like, we just sponsor the idea of beer. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, Insert but, brand um, here. Yes. 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 Your brand could be on the yeah. Moderately Athletic Podcast. Just give us free beer. Yeah. We'll do it.
1: We, you yeah. don't even have to
0: pay us. No. We'll, we'll pay you. <laughs> give us we'll, be, we'll be like Zimmer at Jackson
2: <laughs> State doing it for free.
0: Yeah. yeah. To be fair. I guess we are already paying to have the beers we're having, so... Yeah, that... It would be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's not going to work. Anyways, um, I think a good way to start this is that, guys, we had our fantasy draft this past week, and I think it would be a fun thing to do is that if we share where we picked from and what our first overall pick was, and, you know how we feel about that first overall pick do we think it's going to be a success or a bust
1: well I think, I think you should start because you yeah, had you like, the most well. fireworks here in the first round
0: that's true I did come out a swinging I believe that it is best not to play it safe it is best to go with who you think will be the number one player and now what most of you are probably thinking right now is that oh he picked CMC first overall no I had the first overall pick, but I picked my prediction for Offensive Player of the Year, and that is my man, Jay Jettis, baby. He's going to be number one overall receiver. He's got the man who made Cooper Cup, and he's going to make Cooper Cup 2.0, and it's going
2: to be great. I genuinely believe that. Decker, who'd you pick? So I went from the ninth spot, and with my first selection, I took Najee Harris, Um I did have Dalvin Cook staring me at, in the eyes, and as a Viking fan, I obviously love him. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a tough decision. I, I, I contemplated it for a little bit, but overall, I went with Najee based on availability. Anybody that knows Dalvin and his injury history, he's never played a full season. He's usually due for about three games missed a year, so it all came down to availability for me, and, and Najee was my man for that pick.
0: But that's why you just get the Madison insurance pick, man. Man, you're a fake fan. Fake fan (laughs) alert. Um, Tyler, who'd you pick?
1: I had the fifth overall pick, and I was really hoping that Christian McCaffrey fell to me at five, and I, like, kind of, like, would work through the draft, like, in my mind, like, okay, Sam's either going uh, Justin Jefferson or Jonathan Taylor, and – and then I kind of, like, the top three picks, I'm like, Eckler's got to go third because this guy in our league always picks Eckler. He loves him. And then at the mm-hmm. third pick, he picks CMC. So I guess he's stepping it up a notch, and that kind of took me, took all of us by surprise, actually. But, no, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. very happy with Austin Eckler. Finished as RB2 last year. I'm a little worried about touchdown regression, but, I mean, they'll if you get a, a running back like him in what could be the best offense in the league, um you just got to be excited about that and I am so yeah I'm happy with my Austin Eckler pick
0: yeah that's definitely a solid pick it's got the receiving upside yeah but Jefferson has the best receiving upside so with that being said um speaking of Justin Jefferson we are going to be sharing our our current conference predictions for the NFC what we think their record going to be and then we're going to share our playoff seedings and similar to how we did last week's uh things for the AFC. We're going to have have one person talk more in depth about each team, but share our three record predictions. And we're going to go by conference. We're going to do north. Then, with the, then we're going to go east. Then we're going to do south. And then we're going to um, send it off with the west. So, uh, Tyler, do you want to get us started with your beloved Green Bay Packers?
1: Oh, boy, would I love to. So, We were actually surprisingly all in the same ballpark here. Um, I have them going twelve and five. Decker, you have them going twelve and five, and Sam, you got them going eleven and six, which is right at their uh, over underline. So I was actually kind of surprised y'all y'all had them either at or above the line. And I mean, going into the season, there's certainly some questions that um, make me as a Packer fan pretty nervous, such as who's going to be catching the ball from Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, touched on him last episode and episode before that. Dubs, he's had a fantastic preseason. Um, Christian Watson just came off the pup list. and You know, we had a couple of guys come off the pup list, like uh, Tunyon and uh, Jenkins. And now Bakhtiari's looking like he's going to practice here soon. So, But we don't know if he's going to be ready by week one, so that's a little... Nerve wracking because we play you guys Week One, but I actually have that as a loss. Um, I don't think the Packers are going to go into into the bank and win that one. So, but with that said, I think a lot like this Packers team. I feel they're a lot like the twenty twenty Buccaneers, where they're kind of kind of start off slow, and they might get to the halfway point and be fifty or fifty fifty on the season, but they. Once they start kind of clicking and the receivers start running the routes correctly and have this rapport with Rodgers, I think that it's only up from there. And we actually have a really soft schedule this year, to be honest with you. And I think majority of our games can easily be won by our defense. We play some really bad QBs, and I think just limiting, like, that's – Like, we know the offense is going to be bad or below average what it's been. So, I think the games that the defense can win us is, like, above 50%. Like, we could win eight games with a worse offense, I think. And just because we have Aaron Rodgers, that's just, you know, a cherry on top to giving us a few more wins. And we have uh, O-line's looking a little rough without looked a little rough without Jenkins and Bocchiari, but with them coming back, it's going to be pretty, pretty good. And we usually have good development. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I just, I really want to see this defense play lights out. I, I want Rogers to have a top five defense, know what it's like. And I, yeah, so I have them winning the North. Um, I don't think the Vikings, well, you get, you can talk about the Vikings, but yeah, I got the Packers at 12 and five. I'm very excited. Um, as a Packers fan, I think this is the most excited I've been the past couple of years yeah. now.
0: So, yeah, no, it's definitely um, should still be a very strong team, cause uh, receivers aside, uh, but uh, yeah, just with Rodgers, the defense alone should should be very good. Yeah. Um, Decker, do you want to uh, take us into
2: our beloved team, the Minnesota Vikings? Yes, I would love. I would love to if want to talk. Um, <clears throat> So Tyler had the Vikings going nine and eight, which is about realistically, where they could very well be. I had him at 11-6. and six. Wontok had him at 12-5. and five. So you kind of see me and Wontok, obviously. The, the dude changed. The culture changed. quasi coming in at GM. KOC coming in at head coach. So me and Wontok are on the positive side. was about right where the line would be for a first-year head coach and, and, a new, and a new team around that. But um, for me, with picking record-wise, it all came down to thinking about last year and thinking about how many times last year – we gave up pretty much, an, I think it was an NFL record, most points in the final two minutes of, of the first half, or halves in general, where our defense just completely melted down at the end of halves, and we were giving up touchdowns and field goals and, and giving us bigger deficits at the end of halves. A lot of that was because of Mike Zimmer and not not adapting to the new NFL where young offensive-minded head coaches like Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, those type of guys just run circles around him because Zim was coaching like he was in the 90s and that's just not how the NFL works nowadays. But, and, and overall at the end of games too, Zimmer was just so bad at clock management where he was calling, he be, I, I remember thinking, I think back to that Dallas game last year where Cooper Rush beat us on Halloween night and, uh, Zimmer's trying to call a timeout and he already used all this timeouts and it ended up being a penalty. So Zimmer was very, very bad with clock management. I think KOC coming in there now is, is, is really a breath of fresh air. Um, not much has changed with the team. You still got, you know, we re-signed Kirk. You know, a lot of mixed emotions about that. I am definitely was mixed about that. But I can understand with, with with KOC wanting to work with Kirk and see if he can get another level out of him that Zim just flat out couldn't. You got Delvin in there who's, you know, arguably a top five back in this league when, when healthy and at the top of this game. You got Jefferson who's a top five receiver. Um, you know, Adam Thielen, reliable veteran who's, you know, a red zone touchdown machine. KJ Osborne really Really carved in a role last year in, in year two, as the wide receiver three, and then getting Irv, Irv Smith Jr. back at tight end this year can be can be huge because I know Kirk loves to loves to go to the tight ends as well, um, and then just defensively, you know, adding Zaydares Smith and, and a healthy Daniil Hunter, standing those guys up on the edge in a new in a new defense in a three four this year for us, I think can pay really big dividends, especially if both of those guys stay healthy. That's been the Major thing with those guys is the The past two years has not been able to stay healthy, and Zedarius last year for Green Bay was out all year until he came back in the playoffs. But you know, I just think with KOC coming in there, bringing in a new, new mindset, new, new coaching staff, and and really being able to kind of get the guys rallying. I think that with most of the teams still there from last year, and obviously last year could have been more wins had been different circumstances. I just think that the games we probably would have lost last year, I think we would come out on top this year. So, you know, I think maybe 9, 10 wins could be realistic, but I'm just kind of going
0: 11-6. You know, I love the optimism there, Decker, uh, because there was so many close games that, I mean, obviously coaching definitely played a hand in us losing those close games. So hopefully these new guys can just – Coach better than what we had. Speaking of optimism, I'm gonna to touch on the Detroit Lions. Um, so uh, Tyler has them going six and eleven. Uh, Decker has them going seven and ten, and then I have them at what 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 it might be like a team high all time, uh, ten and seven. Now I know what you're thinking, Sam. You are high, ten and seven. These are the Detroit Lions. All right. Well. Let me tell you why I think the Lions will go 10-7. and seven. Uh, Tyler kind of touched on this briefly with with the Packers. The Packers have a really easy schedule, and that just goes for the entire North. I mean, our schedules are all pretty easy. And when you're looking at this roster, I mean, on paper, they have a really good group of guys. Uh, I mean, you have Jared Goff. Um, Goff is gonna be going to be going into his second year in this system. I mean, we've seen in the past he can play well when you put uh, put a good team around him, and I think that the Lions have have done a pretty good job of doing that. You know, they got Swift, who's a great running back. I mean, they got a really solid receiving core, especially when Jamison Williams comes back. He's gonna have a variety of weapons to throw to, and they have a great great O line. Uh, it's full of really solid players with quite possibly the best center in the league and a really good uh, second year right tackle. And now this is where it could all really go wrong is in their defense. Um, it's it's definitely not uh, a bunch of uh, well known names going out there, but they were a group that actually played pre- pretty well last year in a lot of games that they lost. I mean, I mean the Ravens, who are a top franchise, beat them off like a seventy yard field goal. It's like. They can play some really good teams at a high level, and so I think if the offense is moving better and um, the defense can be close to what it was with an easier schedule, it might be it's definitely their ceiling, but I think that ten and seven is very possible well yeah I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well, I just gotta say you say they got a good group of guys and then you just talk about their offense. Uh, defense, especially, like, like in the north, I feel like, it, it's what win you, wins you games. And real quick, I wanted to add this on the Vikings, but the reason why I'm so low on the Vikings and the reason why I'm, you know, don't have ten wins for the Lions is because the Vikings didn't necessarily add a whole lot on defense, which was their problem last year. I mean, their, their offense is what really succeeded. Their, de- their defense what was what was getting cooked. And, you know, it's like they bring in Zadarius Smith. Okay, he's a phenomenal pass rusher when he's healthy. Daniil Hunter, phenomenal pass rusher when he's healthy. And then you switch to a defense that puts more stress on the cornerbacks, and you have Patrick Peterson, who is how old? Like 31?
0: Something like that, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, to me, it's like... Your secondary is still a little suspect. Your front seven definitely got a boost. But it's like, that's what was killing you last year. And, like, no offense, Sam. It's kind of, you're not, like, you, you. oh, yeah, you have an offensive head coach now. But you were good on offense last year. You were bad on defense. And so hopefully the two rookies you guys drafted, Booth and Seen, can step up and play well. But, um, so that's... That, is why I'm a little low, and the reason why I have the Packers so high with the doubts they have and the Vikings so low with the kind of, like, praise that they have been getting is because Packers are a team that I feel like win the games they should, and last year we saw Vikings definitely weren't the team to win the games they should. Like, they couldn't even beat Cooper Rush. So, um, you know, maybe a coaching change helps this for them, and um, love to see it. Well, actually, I wouldn't love to see it as a Packers fan, but maybe you guys prove me wrong. But going to the going back to the Lions, you know, it's it, their defense is full of holes. You know, it's it's not a good defense. They got a really poor secondary. Jeff Okuda's been a bust. You know, it's like they they spend all these high draft picks on this defense. Hopefully, Aiden Hutchinson pans out, but you know, it's like it. There's just too many holes on defense for them to. Like I, I I even think six wins is a little is a little uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for um, six wins generous. Ma- generous thank you yeah brain fart um, yeah. it might be even a little generous for them just because their defense is pretty stinky it's pretty bad but you know I love watching them on hard knocks they're an indivision they're an division team that I really really want to see win like I really like what they have going on but I just can't get behind a ten and seven season Sam sorry.
0: Uh, well, you know, not all of us are on the man-Campbell train quite yet, but we'll get you on there, Tyler. At I, least. I, I, mean, I swear I, we will. I definitely yeah. like
2: the culture he's building, though. I mean, yeah. that the culture he's building is definitely one that is built to succeed. I think yeah. year three, though, of Campbell will definitely be the year to hit, especially yeah. if Hutch really pans out. And like you said, Tyler, I love watching them on Hard Knocks. I, lo- I was yeah. telling you the other day, I love their coaching staff. I really yeah. do. A bunch of former players who have been there in the big-time games and, and know how to mm-hmm. win. And... Especially, you know, not even just Hutch, but that middle linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez. Yeah, I think that kid—if if that kid can really pan out—he, seeing him in camp and just in the preseason games. Yeah, he can. He can yeah, really he's been pan playing really well. So, but yeah, that's well. That you know, we may not,
1: Sam. I'll take the segue for you because we might not all agree on the Packers and the and the Vikings and the Lions predictions, but we can agree on one thing, and that's the Bears are gonna suck. They are gonna yeah. stink this year. I mean, we we have them going. I I have them going two and five. Decker with a generous three and fourteen. Did I say two and five? I meant two and fifteen. Three and fourteen, and then Wontok with a with a low one and sixteen. And you know what? <laughs> I hate them. You know what? It's they could you know they could win five or six games like the Lions could, but it's like, man talk about a crappy team. They have no one good on that team anymore besides um, Roquan really. It's like it it's just as a Bears fan, I or I I have a friend who's a Bears fan and it's just misery for him right now. And now they're shopping their second round pick from last year, Tevin Jenkins, and it's like, you know, he's had injury problems. They got a rookie a rookie quarterback and that's when you have to go all in. On that rookie quarterback. That's when you make playoff pushes. When you have a guy on a cheap, tre- a cheap contract, yet they're trying to trade away all the talent they have and start a rebuild. When they're they got a a quarterback going into second year and Fields looks talented. He just he's looks like he's you know hung up to dry. And I don't know about Eberflus as a head coach. You know, defensive head coach doesn't really make any sense to me, seeing how they drafted a quarterback last year, but. They're they're in the same boat as the Vikings. They gotta you know, kinda switch cultures, build a different culture and see what see what sticks. So yeah, I I yeah. Quick thoughts on the Bears guys.
2: I think you touched uh, yeah. it up pretty good.
0: Yeah, That's... no, I would say Yeah, he did a good job. Uh because like you said, they're like the really good players, Rokon Smith. L plus when I made this prediction like they because uh, he was gonna get traded apparently right. Back when I made this prediction, but now sounds like he's going to play through his thing, so maybe I'll give them a generous two and fifteen instead of a one and sixteen. Now that he's back, but yeah, yeah it's going to be a bad year overall. Uh, but uh, I think a team that we can all agree that's going to have a good year in the NFC East, uh, first for the most part, would be the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Tyler has them going eleven and six. Uh, Decker has them going at nine and eight and I have them going uh, 15 and two my uh, they'd be my number one seed and it's like this is a team that has a very very full roster um in a lot of ways uh, it's really gonna come down to how well Jalen hurts plays I mean, There's a lot of people who don't like Jalen Hurts. I personally think he could be really good. Um, uh, So that's just going to be based on your opinion. But I think that he's a very um, solid QB. Should take another leap forward. He's got great weapons since they added A.J. Brown. They have a solid O-line. A great tight end. And I'm unlike the defense of the Lions, which... Um, has some holes. This is a team that should be really solid on defense. I mean, their front four guys—not now that they added Jordan Davis, who is just an absolute monster—should be huge with you know Cox, Brandon Graham, um, Josh Sweat. Oh, I'm thinking of Montez Sweat. I was like, "Crap, when did he get traded there?" Okay, my bad. Uh, but still. That's a very solid front four, and they've got a great. Oh, it's a good, good group of linebackers. They got Hassan Reddick who came in. Um, he was good last year. He was uh, good back in Carolina as well, and they drafted the Dean who should start. And I'm um, oh, oh, their secondary since they added James James Bradbury is also very solid as well. This is a really complete roster when you when you think about all the teams around the league, and so again, while I'm probably hitting their ceiling, well, i, I mean, it's hard to imagine a team going much better than fifteen and two. So I'm definitely predicting their ceiling for sure. I think it's more than possible for 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 this roster to be top of the league. I mean, especially if coaching with Nick Sirianni takes another step forward.
2: Sure. Yeah, I. You know, obviously fifteen and two is a little bit a little bit exceeding, but you know, Tyler could hit it right on the nail with eleven and six, but the thing for me is I just think I, I, I the major question is I don't know if Jalen Hurts is that guy yet. Yeah. And
1: Real quick. I think that's I think that's what's gonna determine what you think their record's gonna be is how much trust you put in Hurts.
2: Yep. So there I mean this is fully now that they have fully mm. embraced, you know, Jalen Hurts, they can go bring in A. J. Brown um, and but the you know the big question they got solid O line to Jason Kelsey obviously is dealing with a little bit of an injury right now, but I, I just gotta see it before I can fully confidently say that they could be double digit wins or an NFC East winner over Dallas. I really want to know if Hertz is that guy and if Sirianni is like that coach. Like obviously last year he comes in first year, weak division extra playoff team, they sneak in as the as the seventh seed I believe, and then you know, get whooped by Tampa in the playoffs. So before I can really s- you know, given um, an 11 and six or obviously not a 15 and two, but I really want to see what what they're made of because their their defense. There's no doubt that defense will be good with everything they've added, but I just want to see if Hurts can really can really take on that next level too.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think either of you touched on it, but they. I mean, they added, Sammy might have, but they added AJ Brown, and.
0: Yeah, no, I said that. Yeah. Okay,
1: sorry. So
0: and. No, it's okay. It's okay.
1: You know, it it's. A.J. Brown made Ryan Tannehill look good. And, you know, it's – the thing is with A.J. Brown is he makes so much happen after the catch. So if it's just Hurts' job just to get him the ball in space, there's no doubt in my mind that he can do that because that's what he did in college with all his playmakers. You know, and it's like um, you just have to wonder can they repeat – I think the big thing is going to be their rushing game again. Can they repeat back to back years with being the number one rushing offense in the league? And, you know, I'm not a big Miles Sanders guy. They're um, mainly because of fantasy. But um, it's like they got a whole corral of running backs back there who can certainly get the job done. Um, you know, you might see Hurts just be the leading rusher on this team. And because, like, the, the running backs are going to be going through a carousel. And it's like, you know, if they do that, obviously they won't need to pass the ball a whole lot, keep the pressure down on Hurts, not having to make a lot of plays through the air. But I think there's going to be enough for the coaching staff to design for him that are going to be gimmies to A.J. Brown. And let's not forget they got um, Devontae Smith on the other side, who is a very capable um, run after the catch def- or wide receiver too, and just a really good route runner. So I think... This offense has what it takes to, you know, win more than eleven games, not quite fifteen, but it also kind of fringes on how good Hertz can execute that. So, and that could be their downfall. Going nine and eight, but in this weak division, I can't see him going anything less than nine and eight. To be honest with you.
0: Yeah. So, so, so I think we are seeing the three extremes of how we feel about Hertz, yeah. and so that's clearly going to be our biggest deciding factor. Uh, but when looking at a team like the Cowboys, it seems like maybe it's cause, cause it could be everything but that with Dak. Tyler, would you like to touch on the Cowboys more?
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So I got them going <laughs> ten and seven, and then this surprising. You guys, Dak, you have them going twelve and five, and Sam, you got them going thirteen and four. Mm-hmm. So. My reasoning behind this is, you know, it's like they lost some offensive line pieces, and but from what I've been seeing, their rookie Tyler Smith has been playing pretty good in the preseason, so that that he's gonna fill a big hole there. But Zeke's getting up there. Tony Pollard's a good playmaker. I'm a little worried about this um, offense. Which I think is kind of getting a little overlooked just because outside of CD, there's not a whole lot of playmakers. And maybe, you know, Dalton Schultz, who's the tight end, but it's like they're going to want to pass the ball a lot with Dak. And it's with Amari Rodgers gone, it might be, you know, then again, he did miss quite a few games last year. I guess I'm just not as high on the Cowboys' offense this year as some might be. And I think their defense is going to take a major step down, because I don't think Diggs is going to get nearly as many picks as he did last year. That really, like, he got how many picks? 11, right?
0: Yeah, 11. Right,
1: and that's, you know, that's 11 times where the Cowboys probably took the ball and scored, because, I mean, they were the highest scoring offense in the league last year, right? So they're, like, that's just right there, that's going to regress, and with the regression of their defensive turnovers along with the regression of their offense, which is most likely going to happen, I don't see them topping, you know, getting up to 12 or 13 wins even. I'm just not a big Mike McCarthy guy either as a Packers fan, so I don't know. I just don't got a lot of faith in him. I love Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator. Hopefully he gets another shot as a head coach. But, yeah, I think think Diggs is... I think... He's gonna, you know, obviously, not get as many picks this year, and that's gonna lead to less turnovers and less points for that offense. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, I kind of get what you're saying about that, um, but, but like I think that maybe even a part of the reason why the why the defense wa- uh, did so well with like getting turnovers was, was 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 not just like luck or player skill, but also just like coaching scheme. So. So it's like certainly yes, there's going to be a regression because it's really hard to get 11 receptions to two, two years in a row. But I don't think it's going to regress as much as maybe you think it will, Decker. Do you have anything to add to that?
1: Well, yeah. sorry, sorry no, to cut don't... you off. Sorry to cut you off, Decker. But it's like what what else does Trevin, does Diggs offer? Like that's all he offered. He he allowed like it wasn't the mo- well it was up there. It was like like top five most amount of yards when targeted. Like, he literally has nothing else to offer besides those 11 turnovers. So when you have a cornerback getting torched on one side of the ball and not producing the amount of uh, interceptions as he did the year before, that's definitely going to be exploited, scheme or not. Okay, but... Scheme okay. or not. Scheme or not, though. That's the thing. Like, you you, you talked about the scheme, and I, I don't think that's going to matter when you have Diggs giving up. You know, I think it was like, might have been the most, maybe. Maybe. Like that, that a, many. He got burned a lot. He got burned a lot, you know. So maybe he doesn't. No, so
0: you're presenting this. Okay, okay, but you're presenting this argument. I mean, as if like he's gonna go from 11 to zero, because I still think he's gonna get a lot of interceptions. Not 11, more like the league average, or maybe like five or um or six. So, so like I don't know. I'm, I'm, i still think he's gonna be a factor. Um um, I think a factor in that department. Uh. But because I think you're posing this as if he he goes from 11 to none at all, which I still think no, I just
1: hate the Cowboys.
2: So
0: okay, okay, that's fair. You can say it like that. <laughs> that's,
2: that's fine. Yeah. Sorry to cut you all off. Right, sorry. Go ahead. No. Yeah, uh, yeah, no. You you boys hit it right. I mean, I reason why I got my 12 and five is still counting the division they're in. Like I think they, you know, I think they probably win both against the, the Giants. I think they probably win both against the Washington. I can see them splitting with Philly. But, um, like he said, that that receiving core—you know, obviously CD, Pro Bowler, you know he's a he's a star. Um, Dalton Schultz, who's a very capable tight end. Tony Pollard, who's a great receiving back, also can can take it on on the handoffs. But uh, Jalen Tolbert, too, the rookie—if he can pan out to be something, he could be be something as well. But if there's one hot take I would have on this Dallas season, it would be: I think that this will be Mike McCarthy's last year in Dallas. I think next offseason, I think Jerry Jones was big fish hunting and brings in Sean Payton.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's too much of a hot take, especially, I mean, they might not even make the playoffs this year, to be honest with you. I can see them losing a game to the Giants or, or Washington because someone's going to get hurt at MetLife or FedEx, and who knows if it's going to be Dak again. So, you know, I I, I think they miss, they can miss the playoffs even, and that wouldn't be shocking to me, and that would definitely cause – a firing for Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Interesting, Sean uh, Payton take though.
0: Yeah, no, I think because uh, that could definitely be a, uh, cause possibility. I think that Sean Payton will be on the job hunt next off season.
2: Uh, but Dick, do you want to take us into the Giants now? Sure. Not obviously not as exciting of a team to talk about, but someone's got to take the reins on them. I'll do it. So me and Tyler both have at six and eleven. And Sam with a very discouraging three and fourteen for first year head coach Brian Dable. Um, Tyler, I'll let you take brains after this, after my point. But I got reason why being six and eleven for me is obviously Dable coming in a lot better of a head coach than Joe Judge, Pat Shermer, those those in the past. Um, You know, this was a guy that really took Josh Allen to an elite superstar level. Now I'm not saying he will do that at all with Danny Dimes but I think he can get more out of Dane Daniel Jones, obviously than the previous ones or Joe judge could have, um, to at least maybe a capable level. You know, they definitely have, I won't, I am not going to say, you know, they're, they're a very average receiving core, you know, Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, all very, you know, Tony could, could definitely become an above average player, but Shepard and Galladay, very average players. Um, and, a, and then a big X factor will truly be on offense will be, can Saquon return to Saquon? Can, can, you know, they can, this offensive line with, with first round pick, highly touted Evan Neal, at right tackle, Andrew Thomas, at left tackle taking a step up in his second year, last year. Can those guys, and in the interior, can they open up more holes and more running space for Saquon? Can he really take over to the, to the dominant force he was before? Um, you know, that will be a big question and, and health for him as well. Um, Defensively they also um get first round pick Kayvon Thibodeau, who just got hurt in the preseason. He'll be out about three, four weeks, but maybe he'll miss like the first week or two of the of the of the regular season. But can can he pan out and can these can these rookies pan out around them and um you know defensively that's still very still very math for them. You know, Blake Martinez is as Tyler would tell you from the Screen Bay days, not, not very good in coverage. He's he slows down. He always seems to be one step behind. You know, Dexter Lawrence on in the interior, and Leonard Williams. Can those guys, can those guys, get wreak havoc on the corner, uh, on the quarterback? But I think, I think six and eleven is. You know, I could maybe see five and twelve for first year for first year of Dable, but you know, six and eleven. I think he can he can kind of maybe give him two more wins from from last year.
0: Yeah, that's definitely. Um... There's a lot of what ifs and it seems like you're taking the positive side on most, like will Daniel Jones play better with Dabble? Will Saquon come back to form, like his rookie season form? And I mean I hate to be a pessimistic guy, but I just kinda see like the yeah, the more negative side of both, like Daniel Jones, I mean I just think he flat out sucks really hard. And I don't think that you you can really get much out of a guy that sucks as bad as he does. Um, Saquon, God, I really want Saquon to be good. I just...
1: Me too. I
0: don't know. Yeah. Because <laughs> you drafted him. Yeah, definitely you. Uh, because I because I drafted Saquon ninth overall when he was a rookie. I gave him all my trust in the world and he really paid me back that year. Um, he hasn't been back to his form, so because so I'd like him to be, but I just don't see that happening. So that's why I'm thinking more of a Three and fourteen, but if things go right, six and eleven is more than possible for a roster of this uh, quality. Uh, Tyler, do you you have anything to add?
1: Yeah, just real quick. I mean, I actually I like their front seven as like a just run stopping. I think, and you know, Adoree Jackson's still a decent cornerback. Um, Xavier McKinney at safety. So I mean, they got they got pieces for the defense. That old line is gonna be bottom five, I fear. I you know, Evan Neal has he's been a good run blocker, he's been really sucking it up as a pass blocker, just is really just leaning over his feet when setting his blocks and that's any experienced edge rusher knows how to exploit that, so he's gotta clean that up before the season starts, definitely. But I mean if they can control control the pace through Saquon on the ground, limit the times, Daniel Jones needs to throw. But I mean, a lot like, a lot like Hertz, Dable should be able to scheme things up for him, um, and get the ball to Tony, who was had like, like a near like seventy percent juke rate last year or something when he was healthy, mm-hmm. you know. So he he was actually like electric when he had the ball in his hand. So you know, it's and he, and they actually drafted uh, Wandale Robinson, who's a lot like Tony, very very shifty after the catch. show. So, you know, there's promise there, but there's just too many holes, and first year coach, Dable, you know, it's like I feel like 6 and 11 might be their ceiling that me and Decker have them at, so.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. And then I'll just touch on the commanders briefly. Um, Tyler has them going 7 and 10, and then Decker and I have them going 4 and 13. Um, And I wasn't certain if I was completely correct with my 4-13 and 13 prediction uh, back when, like, c- kind of before the preseason started. But after watching some of their games and seeing some of, like, the clips and the highlights from those games, uh, there's just not really much to grab from this team. I think it, uh, similar to p- probably everything we've talked about here is going to depend on the quarterback play. And uh, Wentz was obviously okay with the Colts. I uh, wasn't going to win any games, but he wasn't terrible. But he had the run game to rely on. So I think it's going to depend on if their committee with, you know, Gibson, Robinson, and uh, McKissick. Can that make a JT? Probably not. That's why I'm kind of low on them with a 4-13. Uh, and 13. Uh, But, yeah, um, is there anything quick to add to the Commanders?
1: No. I mean... With how bad we think Wentz was, it's still a quarterback upgrade. So, I mean, they have a pretty solid old line still. I mean, they just lost Scherf, so that's not good for them, obviously. Um, But they probably have one of the best defensive lines when healthy. They got some powerhouses up there. But besides that unit, it's hard to pick out anything good. I mean... They had pretty decent wide receivers. I mean, they got um, McLaurin and Dotson, who's actually been looking pretty good, and Curtis Samuel. So um, it's not like Wentz won't have any help. So yeah, just not a very exciting yeah, that's team. True.
0: No, not at all. Uh, but but there is a team that is uh, quite exciting, and they're in the NFC South, and they are known as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We have them all with pretty high records. Uh, Tyler has them at twelve and five. Uh, Decker ha- has them at thirteen and four, and so do I. And I, I don't know if we all like truly think that like this roster is like top tier, cause like cause because like it is. But you just also look at the division they're in and just how how totally easy it is, because you got the Panthers and Falcons that are in full rebuild mode. Uh, Saints are are definitely close but they're like the second best team by far in this division so they should have a very good division record um and of course you got tom brady under center he's very good um and then you got leonard Fournette, who's really good and they got great receivers in mike evans and when i mean when chris godwin comes back he'll he'll be very good and then they brought in julio jones who if he stays healthy it's like God, if you were, like, in 2016 and you said that it was Mike Evans and Jones, you'd think, like, what happened, you know, because that's, like, an insane... Uh, of, of course, we're in the year 2022, but that still has a very high ceiling as a receiving core. And, of course, Russell Cage is nothing to scoff at. I, definitely the biggest question mark for this team is their O-line. Uh, i mean, especially with Marpet retiring, and then you have their center who went down. Was it a season-ending injury, or was it, uh, or I was think,
2: it just like a temporary thing? I think they all they claimed was indefinitely. I, no, they never said season-ending.
1: Yeah, it was. It, I believe it was serious. I'll look that up. You can keep talking.
0: Okay, uh, but yeah, so that's definitely the biggest question mark. And obviously, Tom Brady's always played with really good O lines, so maybe that'll really ha- uh, quite quite have an effect on him. But I feel like they'll. They'll still be able to put something together, um, but that's definitely gonna be the biggest thing to watch. That that's their big X factor, and their defense I uh, hasn't changed a lot since 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 the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Um, they they still have a good group of safeties with Antoine Winfield Jr. and of course last year the cornerbacks were very questionable. Yeah, the whole year, but that didn't stop them from still having a great record. So I don't think that's something that's going to be a big worry. But, um yeah, it's really all barring the O-line. But, I mean, you are obviously all thinking pretty positive. So uh, definitely going to win a pretty weak division this year. Uh, Todd, did you find out uh, what happened to our fella? I'm going to guess no. Decker, do you have anything to add about the Bucks?
2: Yeah, like you said, we'll want to talk. I, I, the biggest thing will be their O-line. Um, Ryan Jensen is such a sturdy, solid center for Brady, um, who just holds it down up, up in the middle in the O-line. Um, that's a huge one for them. Alex Kappa, the right guard from last year, left for Cincinnati, so that was another huge loss. Marpet retiring at, a, I think he was 28, a, a young age. Um, definitely, definitely hurts. Wirfs has been banged up in camp right now where he's... Um, Kind of re that injury he got last year in the playoffs, but um, um, some O line help they did bring in was Shaq Mason, his old buddy from New England days at right guard, so maybe that helps out a little bit. Let's not discount uh, Gronk retiring because Gronk is such a good pass blocker where he's basically a sixth alignment the out there where he'll, you know, chip, give it a little chip block off the edge to a, try, someone trying to come off. And so that would be the big thing as well. Brady be, be running or be going down a little bit more. Um, at the age of forty-five now, than in previous years, but on um, their defense still um, no no major changes. I mean, Ndamukong and Sue leaving, that's about it. But they replace him with Akeem Hicks from Chicago, who is obviously a far more better player, in my opinion, than than Sue. Not not not, not to say anything bad about Sue, but Akeem Hicks is just a you know, movable object up front for for um for Tampa, who like he was in Chicago. And you, and then you pair that with Vita Vea. I don't see many teams at all running, being able to run up the middle and then Shaq Barrett and um, Joe Tryon coming off the edge for them um, and pairing up the middle with Levante David, their defense is just still so, so good. And, you know, like you said, even with the cornerback play that front seven will be causing so much havoc. Those cornerbacks sure. If they get burned, sometimes they'll still be in a good spot. So um, 13 and four for both of us, Sam, and then 12 and five for, for, uh, for Tyler. I, I don't think that's too far of the question. And, um, just like the Cowboys, if I had to say one take, hot take on the on the Bucks, which might not be such a hot take, I think this, regardless of the Bucks' season this year, I think this will be Brady's last season in Tampa. I think if he, if, I think if he decides to continue his career past this year, I think we will be somewhere else other than Tampa, because I think maybe Tampa is just starting to kind of get a little worn out for Tom after this year. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. With the whole Brady thing, especially with this, um, with with the whole leave of absence he took, it seems like he's definitely a lot more family oriented. With which, 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 nothing wrong with that. You're forty five, you know, be with your family. I think the whole league wants you to do that. Um, but um, yeah, it um, it's definitely yeah. I think could definitely be uh be the last year for Mister Tom Brady, and he'll actually retire for for real this time. Uh, Tyler, did you find out what the injury was for our fella under center?
1: Yeah, it was it was just a severe knee injury, I believe ACL and there was no they didn't give out a timetable, but it's basically every beat reporter said it was believed to be season ending, so uh, yeah, we won't be seeing him this year I don't think.
0: Okay. So that's definitely gonna be Which is big. Yeah, yeah definitely. Big. Yeah, something we gotta monitor for sure. Um but uh, we're still very optimistic here, obviously. And uh, Tyler, do you want to take us into the New Orleans Saints?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. So um, I have the Saints at uh, ten and seven. Well, actually, we all have them at ten and seven. So um, we're actually pretty. Obviously, we all think the same things, and I don't know. We might think it for different reasons. I think this defense is going to be very, very solid. Um, and a lot like the Bucks, it's just such a weak division that, you know, whether or not Jameis is the guy at QB, this defense can win those games for them. So um, I just, you know, that... I think the addition of Tyron Matthew is really, really big for them. Um, last year, Matthew, you know, he he was on that Chiefs defense, and he you could tell... He was kind of sick of it with other cornerback and safety play on that team, and you can kind of see him give up. I don't think you'll see him him give up on this defense. Um, I think you might see the best honey badger of his career. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, yeah, this defense is really well-rounded. And going to their de- offense, they have um, a good online, line I say good, not great. They had a great O line last year, but obviously you got Trevor Penning at left tackle now, who we've talked about before, and it's like you know, I watched his preseason game and that dude is a really good run blocker. He like if you he was probably drafted because of his run blocking and he is really, really good at it, he is an awful pass blocker. He is really, really bad. Like really bad like pff gave him like a 90 point something grade and that's like that was the highest rookie uh lineman grade of week one and like his his pass block or his run blocking was at like a 96 but his pass block or his yeah his pass block was at like a 32 and somehow that averaged out to 90 so i don't (laughs) i don't get that but you know it that worries me, obviously, because, you know, Jameis is coming off in the injury already. But, you know, speaking of Jameis, I really like Jameis Winston as a person. He still has to prove it to me as a player. And this offense can definitely allow him to prove that to me. They got phenomenal weapons. They drafted Olave in the first round. Um, Michael Thomas, from what it sounds like, is that he's back to form, um, which is very exciting and you know you got a uh, shifty veteran in um, Jarvis Landry who's just phenomenal possession catcher, and not much at tight end. But you know you got Alvin Kamara at running back who you can just dump off the ball to and he'll go forty yards or something. So yeah, they got plenty to help him. It a lot like again a lot like the Eagles or you know there's a lot of teams. Their record's just gonna fringe on the quarterback play, and I think ten and seven. I don't think I don't even think that's their ceiling. I think that's pretty middle for them. So they could win more, obviously. It, it just depends on James's play.
0: Yeah, I think I would agree with that as well. Um, uh, yeah, it's going to be Winston. It's going to be all him. I, I, mean, I think he's going to uh, be solid, and that's why the 10-7 and 7 is definitely a solid record for them. Decker, do you have anything to add to that?
2: Yeah, same points as Tyler. It's just... You know, even with Sean Payton leaving, they still stay in house. They they hire their defense coordinator Dennis Allen to be their new DC or their new head coach, sorry. And just the familiarity familiarity with so many of those players, especially on defense, and then adding Honey Badger, you know, back to Louisiana, just like Jarvis Landry, you add these guys back to where they play their college ball and their high school ball in, in the state of Louisiana. Another back home, and that's definitely an added added chip to their shoulder. And then you know, even though you lose Marcus Williams, you add you add another Marcus, and you bring in Marcus May who is still a very, very good safety. He just happened to be with the Jets for so long that it went on notice. So now you add him in a comp- competent defense, I think he can even take an- another level to his game. And then, obviously, I think this is the best wide receiver they- wide receiver core they've had in you know, many years um, with Michael Thomas, Olave, and-, and Jarvis Landry. And then a very good O-line. You know, Obviously, Teron Armstead is a major loss, but still a very good O-line. And And I just don't think they take much of a step back this year. Yeah. That's definitely true. Decky wants to take us the Panthers now. Just to... Yeah. Yes. So yep. the Carolina Panthers. Uh me and Tyler have them at five and twelve and want talk with a three and fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um major thing for me here I would say is quarterback play and Matt Rule. So obviously Matt Rule, I think without a doubt, I think I think this is his last year. I just don't see them continuing past this year with him as head coach. Um you know. In the last year here, supposedly, or under, under prediction, it would be, um, you know, they go on bringing Baker Mayfield, which wasn't really necessary when they had Sam Darnold, but you know, they're they're taking all the quarterbacks basically from the 2018 class. Just throw Josh Rosen in there, and you got you got three first rounders, and um, you know, Matt Corral going down with an injury wasn't major because it's not that he was, was going to play this year, but you know, Baker, um, it's just so tough to tell because. You know, he was he was in Cleveland. Just wasn't, you know, very very much of a letdown and, and, and a locker room cancer per se, where he was very childish and I, I don't see much change with him in Carolina. And you know, CMC without a doubt, very very good running back can do a lot of good things with regardless of the quarterback play. You know, the X factors can he stay healthy? Um, their o line. Uh, Taylor Mowen, very good, very good player, and then um, Iki Akwamu, who they draft in the first round out of uh, NC State. If he can pan out, that'd be pretty good for them as well. Defensively, that's kind of their strong suit. Their front seven with like Derek Brown and Brian Burns, Shaq Thompson at linebacker. Um, they got a very good cornerback room too, with young guys and like JC Horn, CJ Henderson, and, and Dante Jackson. If those guys can really play to their potential, that defense could be could be pretty good and keep them in a lot of games. But the the offense and and coaching just comes down to me and um five and 12 is really the best I can give them right now I just there's no room for for more
0: yeah it's definitely uh it's definitely a team that I think that's the record that could be the most wrong on my end in terms of them possibly being better than three and 14 um I think it (laughs) Like a lot of not teams the, depends t- on not the, the court ten, nope. not the ten and seven lions. No, not the ten and seven lions. No, 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 no. That is reasonable. I, th- okay. I yeah. Um, uh, it's like, yeah. I'm, I, mean, yeah. Cause, cause, cause. I mean, I
1: agree. I agree with you. I think three and fourteen for that team is a little low, to be honest with you. Um, their their defense show shoot um, showed us last year that it was capable of winning games, um, and I think the loss of Hassan or Hassan Redick was actually kind of big for them. So, um, and um, some also some interior defensive guys. So I, I don't think that defense is going to be as potent. But like that kid on that secondary is young, fast, and pretty good. Like he didn't touch on Jeremy Chin, who's um, He's he's a solid safety too. So yeah, they. They definitely can win with their um, with their coverage. We just gotta hope that that pass rush can get to them on defense. And uh, yeah, I really like Icky Iquano. I think he's gonna be really really good. So
0: yeah, and then I'll uh, just lightly touch on the Falcons as well. Um, we have them all at quite a low record. Uh, Tyler has them at four and thirteen, and the Decker and I have them both going three and fourteen. And It's like, if you're looking at the two teams with the worst rosters this year, you're looking at the Bears and you're looking at the Falcons. Uh, Falcons just um, don't have a whole lot going for them. I mean, they brought in Mariota, which, I mean, obviously is a very different... uh, Well, QB than Matt Ryan, but no matter what, he's still, uh, still probably a downgrade. Um... Cordero Patterson was obviously the biggest surprise for them by by far he played very well but will he be able to have that same workload as he's aging um and the receiving core obviously Calvin Ridley's out for the season so what you're really looking at is uh Drake London and Kyle Pitts as the top two targets I mean obviously Pitts should be very solid but will Drake London be that guy that is yet to be seen but it's definitely light on weapons and the O line is below average, and the defense. Uh, I mean, outside AJ Terrell, uh, it's kind of a dumpster fire, so, it, yeah. I can definitely see why none of us like them too much, and why we have them all with under five wins. Anything to add? I think,
1: yeah, I I think the only reason why we have them at three or four wins is because they play the Panthers twice and then the Bears once. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, not. Not too high of hopes for them.
0: Yeah, it's prob- probably not going to be great. But now in our last division with the NFC West, uh, we have uh, two or three really solid teams. Uh, Decker, do you want to start off with
2: the Rams? Yeah, I'll start off with the uh, reigning Super Bowl champions here, the the LA Rams. Um, Tyler with a 10-7, and 7, so a bit of a Super Bowl hangover he's predicting. And then me and Wontog at 13-4. and 4. Um, my reasoning behind this one would be, um, you know, not much, not much really lost from from last year. Um, obviously the the big offseason news for them was would Aaron Donald return or not? Yep, with a lot of news of him possibly retiring or hanging it up, especially after a Super Bowl win. But he comes back. He's committed to the team for now. Um, Bobby Wagner, they bring in from Seattle. Obviously, you know, he's getting up there in age, but he's still a very, very. You know, generational middle linebacker where he's where he's dominated for many years um, in the old Legion of Boom there in Seattle. Um, then on offense too, you you still got Cooper Cup, reigning offensive player of the year, had one of the best wide receivers seasons you'll ever see. Um, you get Cam Akers, who's a very solid running back, um, coming back from his torn Achilles that he suffered last year in training camp, and then ended up coming back to um, at the end of last regular season, so he, had a, he had a remarkable comeback to be able to even play at the end of last year and into the playoffs. Um, you get him back for a full season, and then, sure, Odell is you know, still out there and injured and not with the team right now. He's unsigned, but um, you still got Van Jefferson. You got Allen Robinson, who, who um, is a good receiver, but just was in a very, very bad team with, with the Bears for, for the past four years here. Um, O-line-wise, um, Rob Havenstein at a right tackle. Um, Whitworth retiring is, is, is a big one for them because even at at forty he was still very solid for them. Um, big question two will be is can with Matt Stafford's um, elbow injury that they've kind of been talking about this training camp and him kind of dealing with a little ailment there. Um, I won't take that too too seriously because you know Stafford's always had little minor tweaks here and there throughout his entire career, but he's been a tough guy to be able to hang through. But. um could I definitely see maybe a Super Bowl hangover, hangover for them where maybe it was like 10 or 11 wins um, for sure. Um, I just think they're still just such a solid team where um, I just can't can't see them be taking too too far of a step back and especially playing the playing the Seahawks in that division which um, taking a major step back obviously and, and the Cardinals who I'm not super super high on but I think 13-4 for me for the Rams is something I'm going to roll with them for this year.
0: Yeah, I think I'm definitely in the same boat because, because the biggest factor I was also taking into account was will Stafford be hindered by his elbow injury? Um, and obviously I think the same way that it shouldn't affect him too much because he has been practicing, obviously, and it seems like... I mean, he said it's been fine, so... Saul so trusts the guy... Who has the elbow injury? That he feels fine, and so I think that thirteen and four is definitely more than possible for a team trying to make it back and to go back to back in the Super Bowl. Tyler, anything to add?
1: Not really. Just not. Just don't like this old line. To be honest with you, it it's a little scary. They just lost their like third round rookie out of Wisconsin, Logan Bruce, who who is projected to start at right guard. Um, and, you know, they lost some pieces on defense, too, some edge rushers, including Vaughn Miller. And Bobby Wagner starting, you know, he's generational talent, but he just does not have the athleticism to keep up in today's league anymore. So uh, I'm just – they got a few holes here and there that just make me a little nervous. And I don't I, – I think this um, having to play the 49ers, who I will touch on very soon, is going to be kind of their downfall.
0: Yeah, why don't you take us right into it, Tyler? Talk about the 49ers.
1: Awesome. Uh, 49ers are, like I've said already, they're they're a lot like the Eagles, man. It really depends on their quarterback play. They have a very solid defense, a good O-line. You know, they're always in the top ten for rushing attack, um, and that's mainly in part of not only that O-line, but also the coaching staff that they have there. Um, and then, you know, we saw... Debo Samuel basically turn into the first ever wideback and put up crazy numbers with that. So this offense is going to be very effective. And it's like, how middle of the road does like Trey Lance have to be passing wise for him just to, you know, be better than, or take this offensive further than um, um, my, uh, my my best looking uh, person in the league, Jimmy G. And it's like, it, it doesn't take much, you know, Jimmy G's, you know, he was top 10 in efficiency for like, um, well, for a lot of categories. I can't name them off the top of my head, but, and it's like, how can, do we think Jimmy G's a top 10 quarterback in the league?
2: No, not at no. all.
1: No, you guys shake your heads. No. no. Yeah. And it's like, so if this guy who isn't a top 10 quarterback in the league get it putting up top 10 efficiency numbers, it's probably just a system, a scheme thing. And it's like Trey Lance has shown flashes of really good pocket presence and accuracy. It's, I think if he is able to fulfill the shoes that Jimmy G did with the efficiency passing-wise, his running um, upside is like through the roof. So I think, and the, and Shanahan's just very good at scheming things that you're. this might be the best uh, uh, rushing attack because it's always the ones with a good rushing QB and a good um, head coach that can scheme it. So I think um, my hot take, I guess, would be that the 49ers are gonna have the best off or best rushing attack this year. Um, and I I have them going twelve and five, winning the division. Deck, you have them going ten and seven, and Sam at eleven and six. So we all think that they're gonna be really well. I mean, they they made it to the NFC Championship and. Um, you know, I. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be really good this year, and I think Trey Lance is going to be really good too.
0: Yeah, when you really just consider like the entire added dimension that um, Trey Trey Lance can add to the quarterback, being uh, being more of a rusher than Jimmy G, that's going to be huge for them. Um, so yeah, like you said, i he's got to be pretty, pretty, you know, middle of the road. But yeah, he's just got to be, be
1: middle-of-the-road passing, yeah. man, and that's that's what Jimmy G was. He just, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah. so the rushing thing should
2: definitely help. Decker, anything to add? Okay. No, you guys hit it, hit it pretty good. I, I like this team a lot still, even though my record might show I, I absolutely love them, but I definitely like them a lot, that defense with, with Bosa and Armstead and Javon Kinlaw and, um, on the D-line, and Fred Warner, I'm a linebacker, who's so, so good. Um, I think Ted, The
1: best linebacker in the yeah, league. Yeah, very, very good. He is, yeah.
2: Um, I think just my reasoning for ten and seven is I just think maybe, maybe Trey Lance's full first year here starting. I think maybe there'll be like a couple games where he just has like a hiccup game where it could be, you know, a, a little bit of a little bit of inexperience showed. But you know, he's got all the support around him. Kyle Shanahan, great offensive coach, and and a, and a, and a solid, very solid o line with Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey, and, and definitely the receivers around him and Debo and Kittle and those boys. So I think they'll be very good as well.
0: Yeah. Um, that's definitely a very good chance uh, because they're always a team that's very solid for the whole season. And we can't really say the same thing for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, good Tyler- segue. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm the master of the segues. Uh, Tyler and I have them going 7-10, and 10, and Decker with what I believe to be a generous 9-8. and 8. Um, So... So, Piz, correct me if I'm wrong. Did we all, like, forecast a midseason collapse for this team
2: when making our record, yes or no?
1: No, I just think that they're going to be bad all season, really. I can't.
2: Um, yeah, I just had, like, games back and forth here. I never had, like, them getting up to a very hot stretch or very slow start, and then getting hot. I just kind of had them very, you know, win here, loss here, win here, loss there for me. Oh, crap. Well, that's what I did
0: because I think them have a, because I had them starting like like five and three and then I just had them to- totally dying off. Uh, plus when you look at this roster, there's definitely a possibility of that being the case. I mean obviously Kyler Murray, he's a very talented guy. There has been questions of his work ethic this past off season. Um, some, some think he'd rather be uh, trying trying to get crowns on fall guys than study the playbook. But, but he's been calling plays and actually scoring more points than their coach which is my biggest question mark with this team is that I think that Cliff Kingsbury is an absolute bum and he just has such a great roster to make him look better but you look at his rest I I, I mean the guy got a starting job as a head coach after going what was it like 5 and 6 on at, a at Texas Tech um, yeah. I, I just with, Patty. with Patty yeah yeah with Patrick Mahomes, of course Patrick Mahomes is now you know top of the food chain qB and somehow the guy like not even just just going to be a positional coach. He became the head of this team and from 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 a five and six record in college. I just don't get that, and they extended him. I think that's the worst move that they could have made so so the coach is yeah. a big question mark for me um but they've got a solid running game in James Conner. Dude, so, um, dude had a crap ton of touchdowns. Will obviously regress, but um, I still think the running game should should be solid with Kyler still using his legs. I'm, I'm Obviously, D-Hop is going to be gone for, for, the, for the first six games, but you still have Marquise Brown, who can really stretch the field well. Maybe not catch every ball, but he'll stretch the field and make room for guys like Rondale Moore and A.J. Green and Zach Ertz to really make some work. Um,
1: Could you repeat that real quick? I missed
0: it. Oh, I was They're just like saying... Oh, yeah. I, I, I was just saying how D-Hop's suspended, but you still have Marquise Brown who can stretch the field. And then there's Rondale Moore and A.J. Green and uh, Zach Ertz who can still make some catches. So they have solid weapons all around. Um, uh, um, um, the O-line... Uh, not a huge fan of it. I Obviously, Rodney Hudson's a very good center. He, I mean, he is aging. Uh, so maybe we'll see him fall off a little bit, but it's still a good uh, group, especially when Kyler can move. You don't really need to have, like, perfect blocking for a Brady type. And uh, their defense, uh, the, the defense could be pretty bad. I mean, obviously you got J.J. Watt, but the guy can only play, like, eight games before he dies. Um, uh, yeah, the front group... Isn't great. They lost uh, Chandler Jones, which is going to be a big loss for them. They don't have a great group of linebackers. I'm obviously Isaiah Simmons. Uh, um, he really still hasn't been a top guy like p- people thought he would be. Maybe that'll finally happen. We'll have to wait and see. And they've got a pretty solid um, um, uh, secondary. That's the secondary. word yeah uh because because they got Buddha Baker and they got Byron Murphy jr um, and so those are guys that can still hold up but you look at the front seven it's definitely questionable um, so so yeah uh, so I'm, I'm overall not very high records from us but uh, I mean I think seven and ten Decker if I may pick your brain why are you feeling more than nine and eight range?
2: I just think there'll be a couple games that they'll probably be able to squeak out based on a Kylo having a big game or, you know, a defense or someone on defense like a Byron Murphy or a Buda Baker making a big-time play or something. But um, I just think 500. I mean, I gave him 9 and 8, but they, I could easily see him losing another game or two of making them – I just think 500 for them is about right. But but like you said, Juan, we'll the, the, the Kingsbury thing is definitely a big question mark. And for those who may not know – we're not talking like a 2 year deal or a 3 year extension. This was a 6 year extension that they gave to this guy. They have the utmost faith in him and I just I just completely don't get it cuz I I I was saying last year that I think after last year they still should have gotten rid of him. But this year would have definitely been the major make it or break it. Yeah. But so that just confuses me. I don't know big time.
1: I don't know what this front office is doing, man. Like trading for Marquise, like like yeah, he's a okay player. But, I mean, they just came off this offseason not wanting to pay Kyler Murray all this money, ended up paying him all this money. And guess who's on the contract here? Marquise Brown. Now <laughs> he's going to want a lot of money. And it's like it's like there's no – it just seems very just like bang, 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 decision, decision, decision. It's like there's no foresight on, like, the future, and it's a little concerning. And you, you hit on it really good, Sam. Their their front seven is not good. Like Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins, two highly drafted linebackers, just not panned out so far. Um, but yeah, I think they can get crushed in the front seven area. So yeah, I agree. Not, I'm not high on the on the Cardinals, and I'm still not sold on Kyler Murray. Being able to play a full season, so that goes into it too. So,
0: yeah, definitely. I can
1: quick touch on the Seahawks if you want. Yeah, to sounds finish good. Finish her off. Okay, so I have them going four and thirteen, Decker at five and twelve, and Sam at two and fifteen. Mm-hmm. Sam, this is the same record I have for the Bears, and I, you know, I don't see the the Bears having anywhere near the amount of talent. Seattle does, but then again, with that said, I have them only winning two more games. And it comes down to quarterback play again. It's the Drew Locke or Geno Smith show in Seattle, and man, that does not sound exciting. You got all these skilled receivers, or, I mean, you got two. You got DK Metcalf, a genetic freak, you know, and then uh, uh, Tyler Lockett, who is, you know, a phenomenal deep threat too. And it's like you got like one of the better passing or wide receiver duos in the league and you got you know bottom 40 QBs throwing to them. It's like like how in the world are we going to be living in an NFL year that Geno Smith is going to start week 1? Like how? <laughs> It's 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 shocking to me that they could not even find a replacement. Like they didn't even try, and like Baker was there, they didn't. You know it's it's gonna be rebuilding. I'm surprised they signed DK. Um, they they extended him. Jamal Adams is putting a big dent in their pocket, and you know he hasn't really lived up to that to that trade. Um, but I. I'm not a big fan of their defense. I do think that the linebacker that they're replacing Bobby with is actually better than Bobby was playing last year, obviously. So there's hope with that that group. But it's like, you know, outside of him, and they got that uh, uh, safety, uh, what's his name? Uh,
0: oh, Quandre Diggs.
1: Diggs, yeah, thank you. The actual good Diggs and coverage. Um, so uh, it's... You know, it's not a lot to look forward to and I just don't think that the Seahawks are gonna be very good this year for those reasons. You guys wanna to touch on that just really, really quick?
0: Yeah, I guess I would just say that yeah, their best spot is the receivers, but they have Drew Locke and Geno Smith. That's why I just think that this team is not gonna be great. They they definitely won games off the back of Russell Wilson, but he was gone for a while and Geno Smith played pretty well, so maybe Two and fifteen was a little harsh, but I think it's just showing how little faith I have in this team, and they're definitely going to be rebuilding. Decker,
1: yeah, tough division too.
2: Yeah, I, you know, not much to be said, but I used to think that maybe I used to think that Pete Carroll would always be like kind of like a Mike Tomlin type, where he'd always keep his teams competitive, or at least around five hundred, and maybe in the hunt at the end of the season. I don't think that anymore. Um, you know, I just. For me, if I was Pete Carroll, I would just retire. After, you know, go through this year, and then just retire. You know, you're you're up there, you're the oldest coach in the league. Just save what reputation you have. Look back at your tenure in Seattle and say, hey, you know, we had a legion of boom. We won a Super Bowl. We had some very good teams, but now it's just kind of time for a new change in there and just some, some new some new minds in that in that front office and then on that and on, and on that coaching staff. Yeah. Yeah. Time
1: for him to hang up the cleats and close that bubblegum bin. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. And now to wrap up our episode, we're going to be sharing our um, seedings. i mean I'm, i all started us out here. So, so just two honorable mentions because they have the same, um, same, uh, same, same record as few of these teams. Is the um, Saints and the Lions? I, I mean, I think that they're going to narrowly miss it, miss the playoffs just off of their record in their division. Um, but then my seventh seed is the 49ers. My sixth seed is the Packers. My fifth seed is the Cowboys. And again, to my division winners, we have the Vikings at the fourth seed. Uh, the third seed is the Rams. The second seed is the Bucks. And the Eagles will be the number
2: one seed in the NFC. Uh, Decker, who do you got? Okay, so so like, or so I got the Bucks at the one seed. I got the Rams at the 2 seed. I got the Packers at the 3 seed. I got Dallas at the 4. The Vikings at the 5. Saints, 6. And, the, and San Francisco, 7. And then, yeah, my division winners, I have Dallas at the 4. Green Bay at the 3. Rams at the 2. And then Bucks at the 1.
1: Alright.
2: Tyler, and what do you got?
1: For me, yeah. I got Cowboys sneaking in at the 7. And then Saints at 6. Rams at 5. Eagles at 4, Packers at 3, 49ers at 2 and then the Bucks at 1. All right. Yeah, so I mean we we have our seedings out there. What do you guys think that the Super Bowl matchup is going to be? Because, yeah. like just just going off like what I have for like one seeds, I have the Chargers against the Bucks.
0: Okay. Um you know, I cuz I don't know if I would say the Eagles would win the Super Bowl, I mean I think that that they're gonna be great in the regular season. But if we're looking at teams I think is gonna to go to Super Bowl, I mean I would say Bills and um I could honestly say that maybe the Rams run it back again, if Stafford is healthy, obviously. But um yeah, yeah. Bills and Rams could be
2: possible for me, I think. Yeah, I think for AFC I'm definitely more confident on the Bills being able to make it and taking that jump. Um NFC it's very very coin toss for me. I can see it I mean all the three top teams I could see I could see Tampa being in there, I could definitely see the Rams running it back. Oh, I could see the Packers in there. So um I, I think I'm of all those, maybe the likely would be, you know, maybe the Rams being able to run it back, but definitely very much of a coin toss. Yeah. I would uh definitely agree that the is a lot harder
0: to pick Uh, But those are our predictions for the NFC. I hope that you guys enjoyed listening. Uh, And uh, just a quick little uh, plug here is that for the next episode, we'll have a quick Q&A section if anyone drops any questions to us. We love answering questions. Maybe you have something that's been really picking at your brain and you just got to ask someone. Ask. I I mean, ask an expert. Um, And we're... Maybe the closest thing that'll answer your question. So you can ask us, and we'll answer it. You can DM us on Instagram. We're at moderatelyathleticpodcast with dots in between each word, moderatelyathleticpodcast. And then our email is askmoderatelyathletic at, um, um, at gmail.com. That is A-S-K, moderately Athletic at gmail.com. All right? You know,
1: Sam. We may not be experts, but we are moderately knowledgeable on the sport of football. So.
0: Yes, and we'll there give we a moderately good answer. Thank you for listening. You have a good evening, everyone.